What's up, everybody? It's it's your old pal Ian. I'm back again. It's it's been another uh, another edition of Boomer Memes. Let's be let's be real, guys. You've been waiting for this. I know this is the highlight of your guys' week, and it's it's a big responsibility on my shoulders to make sure that I deliver and, and bring my A game so that you can get through your week. And I think that's important. And I, and I, I, you know, take on that responsibility and I recognize it and, you know, so be it. Uh, before we get started, I do have some things to, uh, to announce, to, um, to say, uh, first off, if you, um, you know, want to come out to an open mic, this is another Thursday. I'm, I'm recording this episode and then I'm immediately going to go hit JJ's by the time this comes out, it will be too late, but just remember any Thursday, you can come out to JJ's or if you know of another mic that you want to go to, but you want to see me there, shoot me a message. Let me know what your plans are and I will try to make it and, and perform some free comedy for you guys. Um, I do actually have a show book now that is not a free comedy show. This is going to be on November 30th. I believe that is a Tuesday. It might be a Wednesday, but the date is definitely the 30th. Um, my uh, my good buddy Aaron Chasteen is coming into town and he's bringing his show uh, called Comedy Island and it's going to be at Pax Brew Room and I will be there and on it. Um, I don't know any more details other than that, but I think that's a good start for uh, a show that hasn't been announced yet. I know they're still waiting to confirm some things, but um, I can tell you what I know, which is that I'm on it. It's on the 30th at Pax Brew Room, so... And it's going to be the Comedy Island format, which I've never actually done. So I don't know exactly what that entails. I feel like it's kind of game showy. Um, so it's you know going to be a, a, a you know not not a typical show. I think I think there will be stand up involved, but I think most of the show will be hijinks and stunts and hilarity. So that'll be one to check out uh, November thirtieth. So it's just a couple weeks away. Yeah, Pax Brew Room. It's a good spot. All right. Um, also, uh, as with all things, you can follow me on social media. Um, the official um, Instagram account for this podcast is Boomer Memes Pod on Instagram. You can also email Boomer Memes Pod at gmail.com. Also, that Instagram has a link tree in it with lots of uh, fun links that you can click on and experience everything that I've put out into the world. Basically, it's all there. There's more coming. Um, there's links if you want to give me money so that way this show uh, can grow and we can uh, make it better and do more awesome things with it all the time. Um, lots of different ways for you to give me money. So don't don't worry about that. Uh, if you've got a preferred way of giving me money, it's there. Um, if you just want to give me cash, again, just come out to a show and hand me cash and I'll I'll do that. I do have posters. I never bring them, but um, I, I should I should put posters like I should post pictures. Um, somewhere like probably on the Instagram. And then that way, if you, if anybody wants one of those, let me know and I'll make sure I, I bring you one. I think that's a, that's a good idea that I haven't done. And I should have thought about it a long time ago, but anyway, uh, that's, that's all I've got going on. Lots of, uh, lots of fun stuff. Uh, comedy is, uh, ripping and roaring. Uh, we do have, um, some sponsors. We'll get to those later. That's, that's, I like to think of that as the fun little treat in the middle, you know, cause it's like, Hey, sometimes I can be a lot, 
and a whole cream in the Oreo. Right. Right. And a whole show of just me is just a bunch of uh, chocolate cookie, which don't get me wrong. I like the chocolate cookies. Like I would eat a pack of those with a glass of milk. I don't need, I don't even need the cream. I would do it. The cream is nice and I appreciate the cream. You know what I like is this is going to make me sound like a a little bitch. It's going to make me sound weak. Yeah. I don't care. Have you had those Oreo thins? I've not. I like them. It's like, it's almost like potato chips. Like they're just really crisp and they're very, that does sound good. Yeah. But like, you know, you just get your milk and you don't have to soak them as long because they're so thin. Mm. You just dip it in for like about half the time you normally would. And then it's, it's a yummy, yummy snack, but you got to be careful with those because they are so easy to eat. It's easy to eat a lot of them. Whereas like, you know, you get the big double stuff Oreos. It's you fill up on those like two or three cookies, you know, you're like, Oh man, I can't take down a whole sleeve of these like I could back in my day. But like, yeah, I don't like those double stuffs. Yeah. It's too much cream. I think. Yeah, it is too much cream. Like it gives me a head rush. I'm getting old, yeah. so I can't handle sweets like I used to, but the thin ones are nice though. I like the thin ones. Um, I also like the peanut butter ones. The ones where the, it's the peanut butter cream. Mm-hmm. Those are also a, a big guilty pleasure of mine as well. Um, I, I like Oreos. I think Oreo uh, has very has done very little that I would say is wrong. I think they've mostly mm. hit it out of the park on all their various varieties. Um, Oreo, if you want, if you're looking to sponsor an up and coming podcast, I'll be your guy. Yeah, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think I'm still going to have to buy them from the store like a regular old folk. But yeah, I, I you know. I uh, I forgot where I was even going with all this. Oh yeah, no, the ad break in the middle. It's it's going to be it's going to be a delight, and you'll see you'll you'll see it when it gets there. But uh, we'll go ahead and get right on into, I guess the the meat and bones, meat and potatoes of this episode. A lot of food puns. I I don't know, I'm, I, and I'll probably end up skipping dinner because I'm going to run straight from here to, mm. to JJ's. And but you know, like there's food options around there, but there's not like quick and easy ones. I'll tell you, man, I, I want to, there should, someone should bring a food truck around. I would get like a little like plate of fries or barbecue or something. Dude, a food truck or a, uh, buy the slice pizza joint down there, like Southside pizza, where you can just get a $3 slice or whatever it is. Yeah. It would kill. It would kill. Some kind of faster food, not fast food, but some kind yeah. of like walk in, go you know, wait in a line, pay at the mm. register and walk away with your mm. food kind of situation. There used to be a guy who grilled like stuff out back at JJ's. That was, that was a neat little time while it happened, but it didn't last super long. It was like, I think like a couple weeks in the, one summer, this guy would set up the stand and just grill out like quesadillas for people. Anyway, what I'm trying to do by talking about this is I, it's this new thing that I'm, I'm taking upon myself. I'm, I'm trying to manifest my destiny. I'm trying to conquer America, sort of. But what I'm actually trying to do is believe in something so strongly that it happens. And I think that... Like the secret. Yeah, the power of um, the force, kind of. I'm like guiding guiding fate to move not not chaotically in whatever direction it wants but in the direction i want and it's really i I mean i think it's less that and it's more kind of more like surfing or sailing where you're you're catching a a gust of wind and you're actually it's it's sort of a it's not necessarily where you want to go and you're just forcing everything to your will but you're finding a path and Mm -hmm. and following that but uh i mean I, i definitely think um you know as long as I've been doing comedy, I think this October now is officially other than, you know, 2020 is a weird 
thing to count, but I still was writing and, and working, you know, my, my brain during that time. So I, I do count it even though I didn't perform, but uh, I think like, you know, I've, I've talked on here and I haven't been shy about saying, I think I'm like peaking as at my abilities as far as comedy goes. But like, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, 10 years in as of October. Hell yeah, dude. So it's a, it actually is. It's, it's a, it's a deck. That's the amount of time they say it takes before you really know what you do. You're doing. Yep. And I feel like I'm kind of there. I feel like I'm like, mm-hmm. I can write with purpose. Now I can write like, mm-hmm. I can, I can take old jokes that I wrote like, you know, years ago and restructure them to be better now. Like, so I'm really, really wanting 2022 to be where I really hit, you know, put my foot on the gas pedal and really try and, you know, I'm not going to be shy about like, you know, begging people for, for time and being like, Hey man, mm-hmm. you book like these showcases every once in a while, throw me on one of those, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, reaching out to out of town people. I, we've talked to you and we've talked about on the show. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to start working. Actually, I'll, I'll bring it up to Dave tonight. Um, about, um, the thing we talked about with the cameras. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, m- mostly try and get myself, you know, a, a festival um, set, but then also something I can send to bookers and be like, Hey, I'm mm-hmm. trying to get out more. If you think I'm funny, I'd love to come play your club, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't think there's anything wrong with like in ba- in music, you'd have a press kit. And I don't know if in comedy, if it's the same thing, like, I don't know what the faux pot, cause if I, it feels like it's a very different kind of thing, like in, in, in music, it's, it's literally, you just, throw demos and, and links at everybody and then see who's biting because there was such, when I was doing it, there was such a, a, a broad market of people who were also trying to become promoters. Like MySpace was crazy. You could just message people on MySpace and book tours. And so uh, I don't know that comedy is quite like that. I think there's still sort of a, you know, sense of uh, the right way to do things and it has to be somewhat professional mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not super savvy about that. Um, it'd be cool. I don't know, like if anyone listens to this who could, but if, if anyone's like, you know, a bigger comic who's wanting to go on tour and needs, uh, needs a, uh, you know, support, I could be that guy. And I may, I may do that too. I may send my uh, set out to like some of the, n- not like big comics, but bigger comics mm-hmm. uh, that I, that I'm, you know, if not friends with marginal, we're like, Hey, this is my act now. You know, this is seven minutes. I can do 15 um, if you need someone to go out on the road with you, yeah, keep me in mind. I'm itching and I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> so I think like, so when I say manifest, it's not me just sitting there thinking, going, please happen, please happen, please happen. It's me actually, um, uh, getting off my ass, mm-hmm. getting over my insecurities about it and, and actually trying to, to, to make things yeah. happen. And I think, I mean, I think like there is this like you know, secret grudge against me that I don't know about. I don't think there is. Um, I think it'll be fine. I think it's just like, you know, yeah, I want that set. So I have a, you know, proof that I can say like, mm-hmm. no, I, I swear I'm funny. It's like, look, watch this. This is my festival submission tape, but you know, also do you want this at your club? You know, or do you want this? You know, I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm tired of doing mics in Chattanooga all the time. <laughs> like I like, no, them. I feel like you need to be branching out, uh, as well. And I feel like going on tour with a band as a comic would be a fucking blast. Well, that would, that would, um, depends, especially if it's music you like. Yeah. People I like. Yeah. I don't even have to yeah. like the, the music. I don't like the people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's weird because there's the audiences are trained so differently mm-hmm. that it's hard to, especially when the band is the main act when everyone is there for that and you're the jackass coming up and doing 10 minutes before the band, 
it's really hard to settle, calm that crowd down enough for a comedy thing. Like there would have to be some kind of like, Hey, for this tour, like, you know, in part of the press for it, it's like, we're doing a comedy thing. Please respect the comedian. Please let it, it won't last long. And then we'll get to the music. Like, don't worry. But, uh, I've done a lot of shows. I've been, I've been booked as like um, a host for like bands and coming up and bring bands up. I get to do like five minutes and then bring a band up. It never goes well. Yeah. Um, it's always, it's it, mixing, mixing anything non-comedy with stand up is, is really rough. It's really hard uh, because it, there's a certain type of audience that you need to cultivate. And mm-hmm. like, like I said, with bands, they're so loud that you can, act, you can still talk to people in the back of the bar. And like, that's, that was a big struggle with JJ's for a long time because it was, it's primarily a music venue. So when comedy started happening there more often, um, you know, we'd have to go around and shush people because mm-hmm. they, they're used to coming to JJ's. They didn't realize this was going to be any different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, you no, know, it's like at a con, Talking at a comedy show is like talking in a play, like we're talking in a movie. It's just, it's, it's rude, but it's still a show. And, and if it's, like I said, if it's typically a music venue, people aren't going to know that. And so, you know, you can't, you can't just be a dick about it because you have to accept mm-hmm. that. Like, well, you didn't know. So it's not like, you know, you can't just be like, shh, shh, fucking shh, you know? Uh, but you're like, Hey, listen, you know, trying to watch the show and I can't while you guys are talking, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You know, I always, I'd always say like, I'm sorry to have to say this, but like it, usually people will, uh, will oblige. Sometimes people will be dicks, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I've also found like, even like in start, when it comes to like starting a mic, uh, I'm, it's not that I'm super picky about where I would want to do it. Like it's, it's not that it's that important, but I'm picky about it in the sense that I've, tried it before i've seen other mics get started before so i know immediately what things will hurt and will help and and this this actually caused friction with me at the the mic i I did run at um with honest pint which i mean it was certain uh staff member who's no longer there so i don't think i'm I'm not besmirching that business at all or anything like that but you know and I, i get i get where they're coming from and i get where a lot of these bars are coming from because the thing is a lot of bars like to put TVs up and they like to, to show sports and there's always sports on. So they'll always have the TVs on with some kind of sports plan. Um, stand up because like I said, it's like a movie or a play. It requires a lot more focus and attention. So when you have TVs and stuff going on around you and people watching those TVs and cheering at things that happen on those TVs, it's very disruptive. So like, People who I've known people who've worked at bars when I, when I first started doing comedy, like, hey, come do comedy here. And I'd come look at the place and be like, all right, can we cut all these TVs off? They're like, well, yeah. I don't know. You know, we don't want to drive away those customers. It's like, no, 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 no. Here's here's the deal. And this is the thing. If you want comedy at your place, you are repl- it's because your current customers aren't cutting it. You're not going to add to that. If you want to add to your current customer, you need to ramp up what you're already doing and not mm-hmm. try something different. If you want to try something different, what you have to be willing to accept is that those customers need to go and you need a new batch of customers. And that's what comedy would be in a, in a non-comedy room. It's like, yeah. we want to do a comedy night. Cool. Like, I mean, that no one does that shit with like anyone. Like, I don't, I, it's kind of the audacity is kind of because, because it's like if karaoke was going on like sure they'd leave the tvs on Mm -hmm. but the sound would be cut because they'd let you know karaoke dominate um i learned that lesson on the brew chat comedy tour yeah yeah 
I learned that lesson four times on the brew chat comedy tour. <laughs> yeah, it does. The, the location does matter. Like, um, and so like, that's why, I mean, that's why JJ's is great is because they don't have yeah. TVs. There's not really a lot of distraction. They have a back patio so that if you don't, aren't there for the comedy and you do just want to socialize, you've got a space you can go mm-hmm. do that in. To me, it's, it's really good. My only, my only real gripe about JJ's and it's not something they can really help. It's just the shape of the room. Um, it's, it's, it's hard. It's a hard room to perform in for that reason, but like the energy is always great. So it's, it's not a big deal. It's not something that I'm like, you know, well, and what sucks is like, it would be great if when he bought that place, he could have done a complete overhaul of the inside of the building. And like, it doesn't need that much. It just needs like maybe the bar shifted around to a different position and like, or maybe the stage shifted to a different, I don't know. It just needs like a little rearranging more than anything. It's JJ's at this point. You yeah. can't change it. Yeah. No, I, I mean like what well, he did, uh, cause the place that was J- before it was JJ's, it was called the local. Yeah. And that when, when you'd walk in, you'd walk in and then the stage area was immediately to your left. So it was right mm. there. And so you'd pile in long ways, which is fine, but it's kind of weird. I would probably, if I, if I had that place and had the budget to do remodeling, I would rip out the bar area and move it down. So that's what you're seeing when you first walk in and then leave a bunch of space and put the stage on the far end back there. Yeah. And then maybe like build out, it probably would, would condense it a bit. So that way there'd be like a little backstage area and then like a path, you can go around the side of the stage to the back patio and get over to the bathrooms and stuff. But, um, I definitely, well, you mean with the, the bar gone, you could just have a straight shot into the bathrooms. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't need um, anything like that. But yeah, I mean that, that would be my, you know, ideal, but I mean, I, I get why maybe that, that wasn't feasible or, or, or couldn't happen, but uh, you know, that, but, JJ's other other than the shape is is a wonderful mm-hmm. wonderful place. I've, I've seen its praises probably every episode. Um, and there are other venues. Well, we lost the palace. The palace was really awesome. You know there there are places it can be done, and it can be done in bars with sports if you if they if it's smart. Like Honest Pine at least would mute it. They wouldn't keep him going. But like you I mean we definitely would have lots of people showing up and shouting. You know at the the TVs behind the bars and stuff. And it's, to me, it's like it's so disruptive and makes it so hard to, to, to do the comedy. If you don't, if it's, if, if it's a burden <laughs> to have comedy, don't have comedy. And and mm-hmm. I feel like that's the thing is that they'll, they'll book it in the sense that they're thinking like, Oh, this will be a thing to bring people in. But then once it's happening in my experience, they act like they're doing us a favor. And it's yeah. like, I mean, it's a two way street there. Like we're yeah. bringing you more business and you're giving us an outlet to do that. So dude, it hurts to have lost the palace. Like, I think it's just now settling in for me not to like interject here, but it's just not kind of settling in like what we lost via COVID COVID didn't cause to lose things immediately, but like over the long term, like we lost the palace pretty early, but it didn't feel like we lost it because we couldn't go do anything. Right. And then it's like, now that we can go do stuff, I'm noticing like, yeah, we. I was out last night. I went and saw a movie and just noticing, like, it's a Wednesday night. I was downtown and just there was nobody. I'm like, yeah, it's a Wednesday night, but used to people would be like hanging out at Big River, Hair of the Dog, right? Taco Mac. No. Nah. Um, I, I also want to sing another place, uh, Pax Brew Room, where I'll, where I'll be in later this month. Yeah. Uh, 
that's they have a great setup. Uh, they're very um, Pax has a great setup. Yeah, they're. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's spread out enough to where you, there's room if you want to socialize. Mm-hmm. Um, but their back room has a nice stage area. It's shaped well. Um, you know, I I'd like it if they could squeeze more seating in there. I think they have more chairs that are stacked up so that if if it were a bigger event, they mm-hmm. could. So I think that'd be fine. Um, I mean, usually the shows I go there, there's not like a huge draw, so it doesn't really matter. But um. I mean, I hope, hopefully this one will, I, I, I like to think, but yeah. And, and they don't have any TVs or they, they do out front, but those have like the beer menus on them. So they're not yeah. like, they're not like showing sports. I think they've got one giant TV, but it's usually muted. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not usually, I don't think anything, they, they cut it off when the shows are mm. happening. So that's, you know, that's, uh, that's cool. And I think that's, that's why that place works as a, as a spot. It's also not in a bad location. It's a little bit kind of, off the beaten path, mm-hmm. but not, not too bad. And there's some cool spots over there near it. Um, so like, I mean, I, I think there's, you know, we're definitely going to struggle. I think for the next probably 10 years, maybe five years, but I think we're going to, you know, as, 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 I mean, apparently COVID cases are declining. Um, I think, didn't they release a vaccine for kids under, under 12? Yeah, I think I, I'm, I don't have kids, so I don't yeah. keep up with that, but I think they did. And I think that's going to really mm-hmm. kick a boot in, in this whole thing. I think we're about to be back. Um, it may take a little bit of work, a little bit of, you know, we're going to see some repercussions from the supply chain issues, the inflation, all the, all this stuff. You, know, you can't just shut the economy down for, you know, how, as long, as long as we did, I'm not, I don't want to turn this into the other show, but I'm just how it, I'm just, it's how this relates to, to, you know, comedy. And I think, I think um, it's going to be rough, but I think we're, we're good. But like, you know, part of me, what I kind of started mm-hmm. this rant on is that I love Chattanooga and I love doing comedy here. Um, I, I always want to do comedy here. I always want to come back and, you know, even when I move away, which is definitely down the pipe, it's, it's not soon. It'll be a, a couple of years, but I do want to come back and still perform here. I hope that like, I hope it's not like metal where when I fucking up and leave, I take the scene with me. Cause that's a weird thing. And I don't want to get an ego or anything, but uh, when I did the band thing there, it seemed, it wasn't just my interest in it. It was like literally the scene ebbed and flowed at sort of my involvement. Like when I got involved with, the first band that's during the first big pop. And we weren't the only band doing it. There were, there actually was a local band called across five Aprils that did a lot better than us. It was just sort of like right there while we, while it was happening. And then, you know, that sort of fell apart and then the scene kind of dropped off. And then I joined another band a couple of years later and then it kind of started to come back and it wasn't necessarily, we weren't even the biggest band in the scene that second time around, but it just seemed like, you know, you've got another person rowing the ship, I guess. And and like, I have been lucky enough, I guess, to be at the type of person who can row with more than one oar at a time. And so when I'm involved in something, I, you know, it, it matters a lot more. Now I, I think comedy is a little different because I did come in like really late and, you know, in life, I, you know, I wasn't a young kid when I started, there were already so many people moving and shaking and I never really tried to be like an important person in comedy locally. I always mm-hmm. just wanted to be good. I never really cared about like being a promoter or, you know, I mean, and I wouldn't mind. I booked a couple shows. All right. I don't mind doing it, but it's just not my, not, it's not my passion. It's not something that I'm like, now, I mean, that, that'll change if I ever open a bar, which is also sort of my, uh, one of my um, destinies that I'm trying to manifest. But um, that's sort of, 
that's sort of the backup plan. If, if I, if, if Chattanooga grabs onto me and says, Nope, this is where you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to open a bar. I think yeah. that's, that's what, what I have to do. I think you'd be a great bar owner. I mean, you know, I then you owner even, yeah. I think, I, th- I think I have the right kind of head for it for sure. I've, I've been in so many and I've dealt with them. Um, I know, I've seen, I've seen the differences in like how, how different bars are operated state to state, like mm-hmm. all over the country. So, I mean, it does give me a little bit of a leg up on like that. I've never, you know, the actual day-to-day logistics, I think I'd probably need to, you know, get a business partner who like actually has like a degree and, you know, understands accounting and finance a little bit better than I do and knows what the, the what all the permits I need to get, like someone who's on their shit. But um, I mean, I think I'm a good personality. I'm a good face. Um, as long as I don't get, you know, canceled, which, yeah, you know, I, it, it could happen. But uh, you mentioned this earlier. I was going to mention just to give you a little reinforcement here and a little support is uh, I've not had any pushback on the brew chat side of things. Yeah. No, I mean, so it only pops up every now and then. And I don't want to go into it too much. I thought about maybe really doing a deep dive, but I don't think today's the day I want to do that about like putting it all out there, like what my sort of canceled issues are. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the, the, the easiest way, the, the, I mean, the, the way I've justified it in my head is that I'm, you know, I used to be uh, pretty outspokenly, you know, I mean, used to be very outspoken on the internet with my opinions and my opinions used to align way more to like the conservative right side, mm-hmm. not, not the modern, but like, if you think about like what conservative ideals were back in like the early two thousands where it wasn't. I mean, I didn't love Bush. I wasn't like a Bush guy, yeah. but I, I believed in God and I thought that like abortion was wrong. So mm-hmm. I'd go into like big rants about that. Um, and so I made, I made some enemies, you know, people decided that they didn't like the cut of my jib because I mean, I'll admit I was fucking wrong and stupid back then, you know, but I mean, and so I don't like necessarily blame anyone for that. But I think when some, when, when you, when you're such a volatile person like that and you're like saying things that you know, are making a lot of people upset and, and against you. It's really hard to, uh, Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's really hard to, um, also be like, yeah, but I'm also a good guy, you know? And I think that like when someone's already set against you like that, and then they hear like bullshit rumors, they're just immediately prone to, Oh, I fucked that guy. I didn't like him anyway. And they're just mm-hmm. gonna, they're just gonna believe it and go with it. So I think that's where a lot of it is. is it's the fact that like, not everyone is caught up that I'm not like, a religious shithead anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, my, my I, I'm, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm not going to worry about like, what ifs, you know, I'm going to say what I want to say. Um, I think that like, and I don't want to get back on, on Chappelle too much, but I kind of want to talk about cancel culture and comedy, like as a broad general kind of thing. Cause I mean, I'm a straight white male comedian podcaster. It's like, what else are we going to talk about? This is our bread and butter. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of podcasting, you can hear out of your headphones, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. Weird. They weren't working yesterday. So, yeah, I think it was, I twisted the knobs a little and I think, okay. Donnie may have just not known how to, yeah. Well, they were real quiet when I first started and then you twisted some knobs and they clicked right in. So, okay. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm good over here. But yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, I mentioned it, that just, I've had more conversations with people about, you know, how comedy is perceived now. And, and, and I, 
I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but I, I'm I'm on the side of art and I'm always going to be mm-hmm. on the side of the art. Like, I also think it's bullshit when like I don't in this. I thought of this earlier today and it made it just makes sense. I'm surprised that no one else has drawn this conclusion. Everyone wants to point their finger at comedians and say violence. You know, that's violence. They're causing violence. They're inspiring violence. But then when the fucking conservative, you know, politicians and senators and stuff point at like rap music and video games. Yeah. Uh, that everyone's yeah. on the, the, no, that doesn't cause shit. Now I'm not saying that like comedians are like a race, mm-hmm. you know, or anything like that, but like it is a, it is a culture and, uh, it's an art form and it's a form of expression. Mm-hmm. And it's just, just because we're talking about awful things and not simulating them in a video game or, you know, but I, I think comedy is really, really closely related to rap music too. Cause like, you know, gangster rap, you know, think about like, I mean, I'm, I'm an older guy. So like, I think about like when games gangster rap sort of became very prominent in pop culture in the nineties, mm-hmm. right? Like right around the time NWA was out and Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, like I remember everyone, like I, I was never a big rap fan. I like it more now than I ever did as a kid. Everyone loved Dr. Dre's the chronic when that came out. I remember that was <laughs> all over the place. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, there were other songs that were, they were fairly violent, but like the big argument was like, look, this doesn't cause like violence. This isn't, they're not, they're not making these songs to say like, Hey, this is what we'd like to be out doing. They're reporting the news. They're saying, this is the world we live in. The, the art is an expression of the world that they exist in. And that's what comedy is. Comedy, people are treating comedy like it's the start. Like a comedian gets on stage, says words, and that is a chain reaction that causes a bunch of things to happen. Sorry. Bullshit. Same way video games aren't that. The same way rap music isn't that. The same way heavy metal music is not that. What these things are is they are the other end of the line. These events have happened, and Mm -hmm. art is the reflection, looking back at those things and saying, hey – this is the best sense I can make out of all the stuff that's happened so far. And, you know, at that point, you're free to challenge it. You're free to say like, well, I don't agree with your take, you know, and that's fine. I'm not like, mm-hmm. but like, I think that the levy is kind of breaking. I think that, you know, feel how you want to feel about Chappelle. I don't, I'm not, again, I don't want to, we did a whole episode. I'm not, I don't want to get back into that, but I think that um, people's tolerance for wanton cancellation is sort of, growing thin. And I think that like, I mean, like that's the joke now amongst like some of my favorite comics, you know, like, I mean, Louis doing okay, I guess. I don't know. I don't really follow. Like he, he does his own thing and I don't like seek him out it's sort of a, he, he's behind a paywall now and I don't want to like have to pay. Like I want to just be able to go to Netflix. So yeah, and I get why it, it's not the thing, but it, my, my point is I don't, I don't know what the actual public like litmus test of Louis mm-hmm. is. So I'm going to, I'm going to exclude him from this, but like, you got guys like Shane Gillis and Tony Hinchcliffe who are both now way more popular, way more like, you know, they're getting booked more. They're getting way bigger gigs, making way more money because of the news cycle that happened because of them getting canceled because people get fucking weird and outraged and say like, Oh, this is fucking horrible. We, uh, we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't tolerate this. And then it becomes a big to do but then it gets spread out to everyone Mm -hmm. and most people i find are pretty reasonable i find that the people who like to make a big fuss and stink about things before having any context on it usually 
are not the most reasonable folk. They're mm-hmm. usually and like here. And that's, that's not to say it's not justified. It is an angry, emotional response. I know that's like a lot of people get mad. Like, Don't stop saying I'm just being emotional. But it's true. When I get emotional, I'm not the most rational person. I'm not thinking things through. I'm making knee jerk decisions and I'm saying things I don't mean. And I'm lashing out. You know, I think that when you're angry, you're not thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe the anger is justified. I'm not, again, I'm not saying that it's, it's completely not, but I'm just saying that like you can be angry and you can try to tear someone down. And then that story is going to spread. Most people are going to see it and, and with a rational calm mind and see it for what it is and go, Oh, you know, this wasn't that bad. Shane Gillis doesn't hate Asian people. Like what, what the fuck? Like we were, what were we freaking out about? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I think that we're we're nearing we're nearing a time where like that's losing its power. And, and it, I mean, maybe that sucks because like maybe there you know there are some shitty people who are going to get to slip through the cracks on that. But like I tend to be more on that. I would rather let a few shitty people slip through the cracks if it means that we're not unjustly punishing people who don't deserve it. Yeah. And I've heard people who have the exact opposite opinion. They say it's worth busting a few innocent people if we can make sure yeah. we get all the guilty people yeah. and I, I i'm the other way on that i think same that, dude that's witchcraft or yeah. like witch hunt shit like some people are gonna be horrible people and they're gonna they're gonna get away with it there's just too many people to build a perfect system mm. where we're but i would rather err on the side of caution than err on the side of strict mm-hmm. puritanical like mm-hmm. retribution i guess is the best way i, know I, to put I it. can't remember where i heard it recently but it was on a podcast and you may have watched the same podcast but they basically said that this whole cancel culture thing, it's this generation's satanic panic. And uh, I thought that was like, it's, I mean, yeah. And that's, and that's yeah. why I, I threw metal into that same sort of thing where it was like, it's definitely like people thinking that art influences culture. And I think it does to some degree, like for sure. But I definitely think culture is the driving force of art. Like, I think that like, you know, if you, again, going back into Dave a little bit, and I'm not, I'm not saying again, I'm not, I'm not making a point to say that Dave was right or wrong or whatever. I'm just using him as a litmus test. Dave isn't the only one who thinks the way Dave thinks. Um, Chappelle, not Dave Hannah or any other Dave that you might know. Dave. Well, I mean, that probably applies to them too. All Daves across the board. Yeah, they all think this yeah. way. <laughs> no, uh, what, what I'm saying is it's like but when Chappelle got on stage and made those remarks, as controversial as they were, he's not alone in believing that. Mm-hmm. He's saying that as a reaction of living in the world and talking to people and mm-hmm. forming his ideas based on the conversations he's had with people. You can not like that. You can think that that's a bad place to be as a society, and that's fine. I I think that there's lots of places in society we can improve. We could be more compassionate. We could get better. But we also we can't pretend like we're not we're there already, and we can't be outraged when people have it caught up to where we are in our own heads. You know, yeah. Like I believe that our fucking current economic structure is mm-hmm. fucked in this country. Right? Um, does that mean I'm going to stop spending money? because I hate cap. No, mm-hmm. it's the system I'm entrenched in right now. I've got to play along, but I can't, you know? <laughs> and so it's sort of, it's sort of like that. And like, when you see Dave Chappelle saying things that are, that are transphobic on stage or another comic saying things that are like racially insensitive or another comic saying things that are misogynist or whatever 
the offensive thing is they're not saying that as a plea to convince more people to that side. This is a representation of the the world as Mm -hmm. they see it, which means there's a lot of other people that's bouncing off of. And what you find out, that's most people, but good or bad, that's most people. And like, so, you know, by punishing the artist, you're shooting the messenger. And that's, that's my whole point, I guess. And that's why I think people are starting to wake up. I think people are starting to realize it. Um, wake up sheeple. I think people are starting to understand that, uh, you know, you've got to have these canaries in the cold mine, coal mines. You've got to have people, you know, also, I mean, and I made this point before willing to talk about uncomfortable things mm-hmm. and make light of them, take, take some of the weight away from them so that we can talk about them. But it just makes me wonder too, like, uh, at what point, I don't know. I just remember like when I was growing up, even I had relatives that were, uh, like pretty conservative and they still liked comedy and they would, I don't know, like even comedy that would quote unquote offend them. They still fucking liked comedy. Like it did not affect them whatsoever. Like they would reference, I don't know, like, uh, I remember one conservative family member, like every Thanksgiving, he would always bring there in the early, like two thousands, there was a period where like they were releasing all the old SNL stuff on DVDs, like in, in the golden age of DVDs. So he would always bring the newest SNL. So we would on Thanksgiving while we were waiting on food and whatnot, watch these old SNLs. And there was definitely stuff in there that would offend more conservative minded folks, which they all were, but they laughed at it. And so I don't know when the line, well, there was a line that was crossed. First of all, in that most cancel culture where it used to come from the right, it's coming from the left these days. I don't know when that happened and that's fucking weird to me, but then like the shit they're trying to cancel, like they'll still use the video games and stuff. They even used it recently in this Rittenhouse trial. And, uh, but now it's shifted. It's fucking weird to me. Like the stuff they try to cancel now. And I'm convinced it's because people have nothing better to do. And after hearing, I can't remember if it was Ari Shafir or who said it, but it's this generation's satanic panic. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, I mean, as far as why it's the left, I think it's because I think it's with anybody. It's like they, it worked early on for a few people and it, people like understood that like, Oh, there's power in this. And I yeah. think power is addictive. I think, I mean, that's what, that's why you see Twitter pylons. Like, that's why I don't, I've, I've started slowing down my Twitter use. Cause it's not really, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like it's a ticking time bomb because I'm just not that kind of person. Like I don't have those sensibilities. Like, and, don't, and like, don't get me wrong. I want everyone in the world to get to be happy. I think that, that that's, that should be fine. I don't have any reason why I don't have anything against any, any group of people, but, um, and I'm, I, I think I've called them out on the last episode and it's, it's just my general term, but the blue hairs. Yeah. You know what I mean when I yeah, say yeah. that Twitter's a lot of blue hairs and I'm not a blue hair and it's fine. You're, I don't, I don't have a problem with you. If you are a blue hair, grow your pits out. I'm pink. I don't give a shit what you do. Like it's your life. You should get to do that. But I, I think that, uh, not everyone is going to fall into that sort of, um, you know, hierarchy mm-hmm. and uh, God, I'm sounding like fucking Jordan Peterson talking about hierarchies. <laughs> um, Clean your room. 
Yeah, no, I, I need to. Mine's a mess right now. So, so I shouldn't I shouldn't be talking about any of these problems, really. <laughs> My room isn't clean. Uh no, I you know, I just think that the blue hairs got a taste of power, just like the fucking conservatives have, have been living off of forever. And I and I don't think that when we talk about how the left is more focused on sort of like censorship and canceling, I don't think that they're more. I just think that now they also are. I think the right is too, but because now the right is getting censored and getting canceled, they're acting like they're the bastions of free speech and anything goes. But the second the second that that tide starts mm-hmm. to shift back, you'll see them right back at the row. Well, we don't want non-Christian that we don't want non-Christian or anti-Christian things on TV. You know, we don't want, you know, I mean, they, they, they still bitch about like the liberal media and how like, you know, all the messaging and all the movies is to, you know, destroy the family and all this shit. So it's definitely still there on the right. And I don't, I don't like that either. Um, Which I've never understood because if you watch 80% of movies that come out, Every year, even something about like fringe, crazy shit, like transformers at the core of it, it's very pro military. It's very pro family. I'm talking about the first transformers movie Mm -hmm. just in particular. It's like, it's very pro family. You've got a, your standard family structure, uh, nice house, like living the American dream. These robots intervene in their life. And then the military, they work with the military the family works with the military to fucking save the planet. All of those shots of ships and shit. Like, I didn't know if you knew this, but like the U S government, like if you're Warner brothers and you need shots of, uh, I don't know, a bunch of aircraft carriers out at sea. Yeah. As long as you're not painting the government in a bad light, they'll run drills and let you, yeah, they'll fucking let you get out there and do it. And like use the taxpayer money to fire up some nuclear subs or whatever you want to do. Oh, I mean, you know, it's, it's propaganda. It makes, I mean, I remember the first transformers It made the U S military seem like a bunch of awesome. We looked awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I I just think that, um, you know, the, I, I think it's silly to now, I think it's a silly conversation to keep having about like, cancel culture and comedy because it's it's obviously a it only works sometimes like it worked mm-hmm. on louis ck but he's still he he's make he's made he's doing fine like he's i don't think he's as rich as he was mm-hmm. but i think he's doing fine um but other comedians it's outright helped mm-hmm. and, and it's because like you've got like i said you've got the right who's who used to be the big censorship people but now that the, the left is picking it up and they they realize this is an easy way to attack the right has always been really good we talk about this on the other show all the time about uh you know the enemy of my enemy is my friend not necessarily like because i mean like most most uh Republicans or, or conservatives you talk to will openly admit that Donald Trump is abhorrent. He is not a good person. He's probably not going to heaven if heaven's real. Like most people would, would agree with that, but he was a means to an end. And and Republicans are pretty okay with that. So that's why, like Joe Rogan, I think has such the alt right sort of uh, you know perception. I guess people people perceive him as being very alt right because a lot of people on the right like him because of the two or three things he says that they agree with and they, but they also know he infuriates the lefties, their sworn enemies. So it's like, even though, you know, Rogan disavows right wing shit all the time, he calls himself 
uh, a left person. He he endorsed Bernie Sanders. He, mm-hmm. you know, is not he's not a alt right person. Um, he is an enemy of the far left. So the right is willing to let him into the camp. Yeah. And that's why he's able to, you know, be seen in that light. And, that, and it's why it it. it, it it's just this weird sort of thing where like, and then now like all these other comics who are part of his camp gets, some of her are immune. Like Burt Kreischer seems to be immune for some reason. No one's coming after yeah. him. I Which think I find strange as hell. Well, he's such a teddy bear. And I think that like, even if he did say some, mm-hmm. like if he gave, if he, if he put out some bad, like medical advice, mm-hmm. I think everyone would go, Oh, that's just Burt Kreischer. I don't listen to him. Look at him. You know, yeah. Whereas like Rogan's a pretty healthy dude, so it's like when he gives out medical advice, and also he has his shows a lot more serious. Like he has more like mm-hmm. you know intellectuals on his show, whereas Bert mostly just has other comics and actors and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but like Tom Segura, well, Tom Segura is also like he's been in trouble. Like he had a joke about the state of Louisiana, Louisiana that was basically said the, <laughs> yeah. the whole state was shitty and uh, they hate him there. But it was the right in that case, trying to cancel him. And then apparently their show got some flack uh, recently when they had Shane Gillis on. And he was like, he was joking about the Texas abortion law that had just gotten passed. And I can't remember what he said, but he's like, yeah, fucking right on on that abortion law or something. Yeah. <laughs> he was clearly joking. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he made the, a few comments that he was in favor of it, but like, yeah, no, he's not like he's, here, listen to him talk in like mostly he just wants to cut up and drink beers with his friends. Yeah. And like that's honest to God. That's what most comics do. Yeah. Like that's what podcast. I mean, I'm trying, I invited a guest on for this one. He couldn't make it cause it was real short notice, but I had, I was pretty slim on my notes and I think, I think I'm doing a pretty fantastic job yeah. of stretching it out. Uh, but uh, this, I mean, it's just, it, I, I picked like, a very short list of topics that I have a lot Mm -hmm. to say about. So, which I think is is better than like a big one where I'm like, all right, here's a quick point about this. And then get through like a set list of like 10 different, you know, topics where it's like three strong ones, I think is great. And, and, you know, if if the conversation naturally goes in another direction, I'm fine with that too. I think, you know, that's the beauty of this, this format. And that's kind of like why I think I'm, I'm pretty uh, built for it because Mm -hmm. I've always been the kind of guy who like loves long conversations like yeah i uh i did um i partook in hallucinogens uh this past weekend you were uh you were there at the start of it yeah yeah and um me and i, I don't want to out anyone else so me and two of my other friends took these together one of them has this is their second time doing it and um both times it's been a very emotional experience for this person because it the way it makes your mind race. And this person has been through a lot of recent sort of trauma and trauma over an extended period of time. It just sort of spot, you know, that thought spiral goes and I'm the type of person to where like they felt really bad. They're like, I'm sorry, I'm dumping all this and like, you know, being so emotional and can't just enjoy it. I'm like, I love part of why I love hallucinogens is because I am a nerd for people. I am fascinated by people. Mm-hmm. And I think that, when you do hallucinogens with someone, you let your guards down together and it's a bonding experience. You're yeah. able to speak on a level that you couldn't normally. And you can kind of like, it's kind of like the emperor has no clothes at the mm-hmm. end where everyone realizes he's naked and sort of everyone's na- like, or you're, it's sort of like being naked and being like, Hey, look, I'm vulnerable, but you're also vulnerable. Let's talk. I wouldn't be here with you if I didn't care about you. So mm-hmm. let's, let's have this moment. Um, but they were, they were, you know, 
going into a lot of their story and stuff. There were some really funny, funny jokes. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Um, I kept riffing on this one Ben Levine joke. Ben Levine came up to me last time I was at JJ's and told me the funniest fucking one liner I've ever heard in my life. And I don't want to kill it because it's good. I want him to get it right. I want him to do it. He, I told him that was great. He went on stage and told it and bombed and did not, it, it did not do well because he got so excited about having a good joke. He didn't, he didn't fuck with his timing at all. He mm-hmm. just spurted it out. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to coach him on this because I tell this joke really well. <laughs> as I did multiple times. <laughs> I'll tell you about it after the show. It's okay, not something yeah. I want to bring up. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. Don't spoil it for him, but well, it's, I'm and, excited. And also the, the, the subject matter gets, is very dark, but, uh, okay. but uh, it's, it's right up my alley. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, me getting to talk to this person and them sharing mm-hmm. all these details helps me understand who this person is. And, and, and like I said, I'm a nerd for people. I, I, it's fascinating to me. So even though it's like, it sounds weird, like I'm not, and I, and I stress like, don't, if I get, I mean, I'm going to tell you what I think, but I'm not like a, a therapist. So don't take any of my advice as like actual real things you should take seriously, you know, maybe consider them. But um, you know, I was fine. I like, I like getting to know mm-hmm. people. And I hope that this person and their further um, experiences with this can kind of let themselves be in the background and like mm-hmm. more also nerd out on other people. And I think that's really, yeah, yeah. that's really when you get the most out of it. If you're too focused on yourself, you're going to go down a dark path because of the way it makes your brain kind of spiral and mm-hmm. connect things. Like you're always going to tie these things. But if you're like paying attention to everything else around you mm-hmm. and not so worried about yourself, I think you're able to have a lot more, a lot better time on it, which is why I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. You're having a rough go of things, but I love this. You know, it's yeah. like, it's, it's bad, but what well, I almost feel like, uh, I mean, I I've experienced hallucinogens and whatnot. And I feel when I first tried them, I felt like I was a pretty happy go lucky. Like I didn't worry about a lot, but on the other side of that, I wasn't very responsible. And so when I tripped, it was just like this. It was fucking a little Augustus Gloop heading into Wonka land, into the Wonka factory, you know. Later, when I've tried it, I had like an experience after that where I had sort of accepted more responsibilities, was a little bit more grown up, a little more mature. Several years later, I did not appreciate hallucinogens. A couple years after that, tried it again kind of settled into being an adult. I did appreciate it. I giggled the whole time, had the best time. And I don't know. I just feel like it's one of those things where if you've got shit bottled up. Yeah. That's going to fucking break that bottle. Yeah. And uh, don't go into it with anything bottled up that you need to deal with. I would say, right. Cause that's going to bust that bottle. No, this is, yeah. My, like, I mean, I, I said this last week, but I think my, ideal is that it's it's like a it's like a vacation yeah it's a vacation from reality so don't bring reality with you let reality yeah, yeah. stay like die die i don't even like to have my phone out i like we'll put my yeah. phone somewhere else because i mean it was real bad on facebook i i would not like facebook but mm-hmm. uh other other social media is not as bad but i still don't want you're wasting your time when you're just scrolling through your phone this is yeah the, i do recommend it i think it's fun i think it's a healthy thing that people can do um, if they're in the right headspace, I think the you know, environment matters a lot. Like mm-hmm. I, I only really like to do it at my place or a safe place where I know I can crash because I definitely don't want to have to drive. Like, so you do, you have to put thought into it. You have to make sure that you don't have anything to do the next day. Cause you're going to sleep like shit at, if at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I stayed up. My plan was to stay up and make breakfast. 
and everyone else crashed right as I was making breakfast. And I was like, I'll wake you up here in a second. They're like, cool. And then no one else woke Damn. up. Damn. So I made a whole tin of biscuits. I made like six strips of bacon and I got the first two eggs made. Tried to wake everybody up. No one would wake up. I'm like, well, I'm not going to make more eggs. So I ate the eggs, ate all the bacon and like two biscuits and left the biscuits out. I was like, when you guys wake up, there yeah, be yeah. biscuits. They all got eight. I fucking knocked it out of the park. That's <laughs> I. So that was everyone like, you know, picked up a new hobby. I think during 2020, yeah. mine was breakfast. And I have got yeah. my mom got me uh, as a gift, a new set of like cookware, like pots and pans and stuff. Oh, so yeah. I was like, let's try out this. uh frying pan and it was awesome i made like i like cooked i fried the eggs in the bacon grease it was so oh great. hell yeah dude. it was so good it was so good um ladies you need you want a guy who will make you a dope ass <laughs> breakfast in the morning get yourself a fat boy like me i can do it i will make you a delicious breakfast uh i hope you like runny yolks and you I hope you like dipping mm. biscuits in that yolk oh dude you that's how we it's need done. to do a brunch or something. That's that, how Cause that's done. how, yeah, that's how I like it done. I've done pancakes before once. I'm not great at those yet, but I want to, I want to get good at pancakes. Yeah. I want to learn how to make biscuits from scratch, but that's a big dude. I tried that the other day for the first time and I've got this gluten three gluten free thing I've got to deal with. And, uh, my mom used to always make biscuits from scratch. So I had like that experience to compare it to. Yeah. It was a good learning experience. I think I could make some good cookies. But I did not make good biscuits. They were hard and like breakable. It was basically a cookie with no flavor. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, 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 it's something I want to try, but it's a big. I know it's a big hassle, so it's like it's got to be the right time. But yeah, I do bring up uh, uh, breakfast and and ladies because um, your boy uh, got a date. Nice. I got a date this weekend. Nice. I um I, I know I swore early on several episodes back I was giving up the apps, but I'm back on the apps, and I found that Hinge is actually kind of awesome. Uh, Tinder is still trash. Bumble is uh, Republican conservative as shit. Uh, Damn, a lot of really gorgeous like. Blonde. Dude, the Republicans got the babe. So I've got a bit I'm working on about this, um, <laughs> but because I've, it's something I've observed for a long time. Yeah. Um, like even like, I mean, like, I don't want to say that. I don't think she's the most beautiful woman in the world or anything like that, but I would, I probably would still like hook up with Marjorie Taylor green. If she, if she were to, she's like on the low end of the spectrum for Republican ladies though. Yeah. Like, I mean, he'll, Fucking Tulsi's saying a lot of fucking dumb conservative shit lately. Oh, Tulsi yeah. is bad. Tulsi yeah. is bad. I don't care. Like Tulsi. Yeah, I flipped on her real quick recently. Yeah, I don't I don't like her as a person, but she is bad. Like, let's yeah. be honest. Um, that fucking uh, press secretary Trump had at the end. Yeah. Kaylee McEnany yeah. or whatever her name is. Oh, Tommy Lauren is. Tommy is also, Lauren's a babe. She's cute. Uh, I'd shut her up, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, so. <laughs> The bit I don't want to spoil the bit, but it's I've got a really good bit coming about all this. Um, yeah, no, I mean even back in like the day, Sarah Palin was kind of kind of yeah, fine too. Yeah. Like it's it's you know, like if, if you look at like any like the uh, like conservative news anchors like Laura Ingram mm-hmm. or uh, I can't remember. I used to listen to a lot more talk radio, and they would all be on that, and you'd hear, and then I'd see them on Fox News and go, "Damn!" But uh, yeah, I mean, like they Gre- got the pretty ladies. Yeah, Greta Van Susteren wasn't great, but I don't think she was as far like right. I think she like was back when Fox News mm-hmm. was was actually more fair and balanced, and then as it b- became more propaganda, I think she, yeah, she yeah. checked out. 
she is she isn't super fine. Uh, I mean, I still probably would like go on and fun, but she'd be fun to hang out with and drink with and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, there's there's a weird thing about conservative women, and then like you look on the other side, and it is not. It is no. not. There's like no one. Uh, I mean, AOC. We got AOC. That's AOC. It. Yeah. yeah, AOC is 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 also bad. AOC is is a is a, a very nice looking lady who I would take on a date and have a show and very lovely time too. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I'll say yeah. there. That's not how my bits going. Uh, but, uh, I do, I did get a date on, uh, on a hinge and I am pretty proud of myself. I normally suck at these apps, but I think my game, I think is on a new level. And I don't know what, if it's just me being lonely and cooped up for so long, but I'm going to pull up what I said. We had a very short conversation, which I think is key. I think a lot of times I drag these conversations out too long, but I had a very short conversation. We just kind of established that she likes, uh, she likes, you know, crime, true crime stuff. A lot of ladies do, but I also love true crime stuff. Breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've been waiting for. The manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they've successfully created the lawnmower 4.0 tremor, which is now available for purchase in the U S and Canada. The new tremor was just released only moments ago. And we are one of the few people to get our hands on it first. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code BREWCHAT. You see it there on the screen. If you're listening to it, it's B-R-E-W-C-H-A-T-T. No spaces at manscaped.com. So yeah, go to manscaped.com. You can get 20% off and free shipping with code BREWCHAT. Express VPN. This is kind of a cross promo with uh, the other show that Ian and I do in Chaos We Trust, but we think privacy is super important. You should protect your privacy from the uh, the the Mongol horde that is Facebook that's coming to steal your data. Get on over to expressvpn.com slash in chaos we trust and you can get three free months. And uh, yeah, go check it out. It's very important to protect your privacy. Don't be a dumbass. So yeah, I uh, I I got a date. Um, I I think uh, it was like I said, it was a real short conversation, and, and I brought that up because my thought was like I was drinking, and so I was a little brave, and um, I was like, well, let's do or die this because let's not waste each other's time. Either I'm I'm gonna say something wrong, and we're never gonna talk again, or I'm gonna do it right. So like the you know. My philosophy with a lot of things is like, well, you know, it's, it's that sort of, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So it's mm-hmm. like, so it's like you can be scared to ask and, and shy and all that. But like, if you don't ask, it's, you have a 0% chance. If you do ask that jumps up to 50% until they answer. So, you know, and, and if they, if you weren't going to ask, I mean, maybe you could ask in a way that would ruin it, but that's still like, mm-hmm. You should pay attention to that stuff. Um, so what I said was, uh, would you want to get a drink sometime? You're pretty cool so far. And I feel like I'll mess it up if I just chat with you on here for too long. LOL. And then because we were talking about true crime and like the thing is, is I, I, I'm very self-conscious about not coming off like a creep. Yeah. And so I thought I'd be a little coy and clever here. And so I said, uh, it can be somewhere reasonably well lit since I know, and I you know, like, you know, as 
you're probably scared of, of me a stranger, but then <laughs> because she watches a lot of true crime, it's like, it'd be somewhere reasonably well lit. Uh, since I know you probably know how to get away with crimes. And I did like that <laughs> emoji with the hand on the chin. Yeah. Like I'm considering like, so it's like, I turn it around on her and immediately she was like, she would love to. So we're going out on Hell Saturday. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I also have another trick and this is just general advice for fellas. One of the things that I, that drives me crazy is roles. Like I, I hate gender roles. I hate the fact that like, as a man, I'm expected to do certain things during the, the mating ritual, the dating dance that we have to do the, I, I fucking hate that, but it's the world we live in. Kind of like I was talking before. I can't, I'm not going to change the world overnight. So I've got to learn how to adapt. Women expect the man to pick the place mm-hmm. almost. And that's part of the test is so let's see what kind of place he wants to bring me to. Um, and so it's not, so when you like try to ask her, like, where do you like to go? Where do you want to go? That annoys the shit out of them. Cause they just want you to pick a place. Mm-hmm. They'll go wherever, if they want to go on the date with you, they'll go on the date with you. They'll go wherever you want to want to go. But if they think it sucks, they'll, that'll, that'll be points off of your total score at the end. So what I've learned to do is I don't ask where they want to go. I do ask, specifically can you think of a few places where you don't want to go so i can cross those off the list also use those as sort of like okay you don't like these kinds of places Mm -hmm. so i won't pick a place similar but also like you never know like maybe there's one bar in town where her ex works or something she'd rather not go there so you can give her an opportunity to say let's not go there you know Mm -hmm. um doesn't have have to say why she has the freedom to to give whatever answer she wants i find that that goes over really well um because it's a also women love being uh, thrown off guard if you're very predictable and you and you um you know throw out all the typical things that every guy does that gets boring really fast fucking almost no guy does that move that i know where it's like hey where don't you want to go give me just like one or two places that you specifically don't want to go. And I'll use that to pick a place you might want to go. And, uh, I think, I think it's, uh, it's solid advice, fellas. I hope it works that out is for solid you. advice. Yeah. Um, if, 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 if you listen to this show and you hear the things I say and you, you apply these things and they work for you, I want to know about it. So definitely hit me up. Um, you know, the normal places, like I said, at the beginning of the show, Instagram, uh, boomer memes pod, like I said, there's a link tree in there with lots of other places. You can hit me up. Um, pod at gmail.com is open and active, accepting new emails all the time. Uh, you can message me there if you just want to ask questions about the show or maybe have your question answered on the show. Send, send them in, you know, that'd be fun. You know, I- I- anything really. I just, I just, I just need attention, guys. I need attention. Um, if you want to give me attention in person, come out to Pax Brew Room November 30th. For Comedy Island, I'll be I'll be participating. Aaron Chastain will be there. Chastain, not Chastain. It's Chastain. Good buddy. He's on uh, the Adventure Fight podcast, which I've talked about quite a bit. We're making moves to get that out to you guys. And uh, yeah, uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be a real humdinger of a good time. Uh, yeah, I think that's about all I got this week. Uh, I think I'm going to go do some stand up and, um, drink in excess and feel like shit tomorrow. I hope uh, all of you guys, uh, do the same. I wish you well. I hope you have a great weekend. Um, I'll let you know how my date went next week. I'm not telling her about this podcast. She'll find out about it way later. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So you guys, uh, keep it, uh, keep it moving down the BM train. <laughs> <laughs>